South Korea plans to consult uh, on its continued potential participation in the G7 summit talks, uh, uh, which are set to take place uh, with the leaders of top uh, top economies of the world in Washington. Uh, This according to a recent statement by the uh, Deputy National Security Advisor Kim Hyun-jung. This follows some uh, intense media coverage of Germany's uh, public rejection of U.S. President Donald Trump's proposal to expand the group to include other countries, including Russia, but also uh, South Korea. So for further analysis, we're pleased to be joined by the co-founder and director of the University of Toronto's G7 Research Group, Professor John Curtin. Hello. Hi, good to be with you. Thank you for joining us, Professor. So uh, this uh, statement by the German Foreign Minister, Heiko Maas, uh, the Korean media has really kind of played this as uh, a um, kind of a framing of the Germans opposing any potential participation by South Korea, almost taking it as an affront. I'm not sure that's really the case. What are your thoughts on the view that uh, the Berlin uh, stance of uh, G7 expansion was uh, directed against South Korea? Oh, it wasn't directed uh, at, uh, let alone against, uh, South Korea at all. Um, It was directed at Donald Trump Mm. first and um, China um, second, Uh, Angela Merkel, uh, the German chancellor, has been increasingly frustrated with Donald Trump, who kept changing the time and the place for the G7 summit. He's due to host in the United States this year. Then Trump announced U.S. withdrawal from the World Health Organization as the COVID-19 pandemic uh, proliferates around the world. Uh, And then Trump unilaterally decided to invite um, to uh, his G7 summit the democracies of India, Australia, South Korea, and finally, um, Russia. Uh, He did it without consulting his uh, G7 partners. And while it's his right to uh, invite um, guests to uh, his um, summit, uh, with the big exception of um, Russia, uh, he certainly can't uh, unilaterally uh, change the permanent membership of the group. Yeah, and that is the crux of the issue. Bottom line, how feasible is the expansion of the group, whether or not it includes uh, Russia as the original formation of the uh, the G8 before uh, the situation in Ukraine? And is expansion of the G7 even necessary? Uh, well, uh, on feasibility, um, the short answer is uh, absolutely not, um, particularly uh, because Donald Trump uh, proposed it uh, and uh, with a particular um, formula he uh, offered already, uh, we've had a strong majority of the uh, G20 uh, leaders and members say absolutely uh, not, uh, but it's very much um, Russia uh, that they have uh, in um, their gun sites. So when they say, uh, um, yet, hmm. um, is it necessary? Um, no, uh, the G7 summit uh, as is uh, is still performing uh, very uh, well. Uh, and adding value uh, to a world that needs um, more uh, continuous global governance of this uh, summit-level sort, especially uh, this um, year. Uh, But I had argued um, way back in 2005 uh, that um, since the G7 is the club of major power democracies, there was one other country uh, in the world which qualified that's India, mm. uh, and India could um, add a lot. Yeah, and, and so let's accept the premise that uh, per- perhaps at that time, Donald Trump wanted some kind of big, splashy uh, PR 
win and say that uh, he's been able to lead the world past the coronavirus pandemic. He's invited all these leaders uh, physically to come, not virtually, to this uh, G7 summit in uh, Washington and also expand it to include his buddy uh, Vladimir Putin and Russia along with these other countries like South Korea and, and Australia, etc. Uh, but besides what we kind of uh, suspect to be Trump's motives in doing so, are there any legitimate arguments on the side? Are there any, um, uh, I guess, um, expert voices that say that Trump does have a point here in terms of a G7 expansion? Uh, well, um, the expansion tends to be a bit um, incremental. So if uh, Boris Johnson, who's hosting the G7 uh, next year, uh, sees that uh, India, uh, Australia, and South Korea have uh, added value uh, this year, he's perfectly free to uh, invite them uh, back. And I think the most likely uh, one uh, Boris Johnson would invite back uh, would be um, India, if only because he's uh, looking for a big free trade deal um, with it. But there's a Commonwealth um, connection, which uh, matters uh, uh, a lot. But um, never Russia until um, Mm. Russia gives back uh, the Crimean Peninsula to um, Ukraine. And then there's uh, always a more uh, complicated uh, argument uh, when you, how many leaders can you have at a table when you add up all, all the guests? Right. Um, where you can no longer have a heart-to-heart private um, dialogue amongst the leaders who uh, really uh, count, um, bear their souls. Um, all of them who at least uh, understand um, English, uh, even if um, the French leader tends not to uh speak it right. um so uh they're very comfortable uh, with the G7 as it is now and uh, we've seen that uh, Russia's response has been uh to be frank uh, pretty lukewarm to this at best uh, they they've been insisting that they're not interested in rejoining this group so uh, it does feel like an exercise in futility to even uh, debate this and uh, i'm wondering if i know that we can attribute maybe three-dimensional chess in the way <laughs> trump tries to do yeah, these yeah. things but what, what exactly is his uh, motivation here uh well um i'm confident that um if russia uh, were to get an invitation from um, all of the G7 leaders, uh, Vladimir Putin um, would um, come. Okay. Uh, but he's not going to get that, and he knows, unless mm. he's uh, prepared to uh, give back um, Crimea uh, and get out of uh, the eastern part of um, Ukraine. And I think it's going to take, unfortunately, uh, a lot more uh, pain uh, in Russia before he begins to... Um, change his um, mind. So that's non, a non-starter. Why did Donald uh, Trump um, do it? Well, I guess there's uh, two reasons. I think he wanted to uh, come up with uh, a public reason as to why he's uh, delaying um, his uh, G7 summit um, yet again, and uh, maybe um, try and go down in uh, history as um, an architect and innovator of uh, global uh, summit uh, governance. But the other part of it is um, all North Americans have been scratching their heads uh, for years about why Donald Trump has never said anything critical of Vladimir um, Putin. Right. And this was long before he uh, fell in love with the uh, dear leader of uh, North Korea, uh, for um, example. So uh, just what particular hold 
does Vladimir Putin uh, have on uh, Donald Trump's uh, mind is the um, question. And um, there's a number of uh, answers. Um, I think uh, time will um, tell. Yeah, and it may take uh, an election in November uh, where uh, voters go to the poll in the United States and uh, decide to reelect or perhaps uh, uh, take him out of office where some of those uh, questions ultimately uh, may be answered. But until then, uh, as you say, um, it's all speculation at best. Uh, Professor John Curtin, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, appreciate your time. Okay, it's a pleasure.